Hi friends, I'm Dr. Cindy Leibert. And I'm Brooke Jack. We are your hosts of the Joy Prescription Podcast. In this show, we interview pioneering individuals who are integrating faith into their work and their spheres of influence in their respective fields of healthcare, coaching, psychology, and ministry. We dialogue at the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. In each episode, our guests will share their hard-won wisdom and strategies for intentional living, spiritual growth, and health stewardship. Together, we explore God's joy prescription, how He redeems our life stories and brings us into wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. We are so glad you're here to be a part of this conversation. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad to have you back on the Joy Prescription Podcast. I'm excited for today's episode. I'm going to be answering some questions about hypothyroidism. And I want to just take a moment to celebrate with Brooke. This is our 14th episode. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We started back in February of 2022 talking about the spiritual significance of caring for the body, just to give you a little scratch the surface on what motivates us, what is driving us to do this podcast, to share this unique kind of combination of perspectives with the world on spirituality, our Christian faith, as well as lifestyle medicine and the various modern chronic diseases that plague us in terms of uh, diabetes, hypertension, gut disturbance, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, what we're going to be talking about today just so many different topics, but with the similar or the, the focus on the intersection of where those come together with our lifestyle and our Christian faith. So we talked about that in our first episode and that was fun. And then we've gone on to talk about uh, the power of breath in calming our nervous system and just impacting our health uh, for the positive. We highlighted Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. And wow, what just a powerful verse. Yes, yes. (laughs) Love, love that. I try to come back to that every day. And Mm -hmm. uh, we talked, we delved into in the third episode, I believe the positive impact of faith on our physical health, our mental, spiritual health, and just all the scientific literature around that. So it's, it's been a fun journey so far. What's been your highlights, Brooke? Oh, I love that. uh, We spent an episode talking about just abiding in Christ and the correlation there to um, cultivating stress resilience. And uh, I've loved hearing some of your devotionals that you've shared with us. The um, 
perimenopause Q&A session was phenomenal. So enlightening. Uh, I think we got a lot of uh, listeners who benefited from that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then recently we've uh, talked about overcoming brain ants or those cognitive distortions and, and how we can uh, replace the lies of the enemy or the things that just those things that pop up and kind of ambush us in our own mind Uh um, with the truth (laughs) of God's word. And uh, I've, I've had the privilege to share some prayers and devotionals with our listeners and And I'm excited about today because Dr. Liber is going to answer all of our questions about (laughs) hypothyroidism or as many questions as you can fit into our window of time. (laughs) Actually, I just selected one patient uh, case and just wanted to present that because within her questions, I can answer probably dozens of questions that speak to uh, the concerns that our listeners might have about hypothyroidism. It's a super deep topic. We are just scratching the surface today, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to give people takeaways in terms of, you know, what to look for if they suspect there might be something going on with their thyroid and, and how we might be able to address that in a holistic lifestyle manner. And, and also with the help of modern medicine as well. So I'm excited for this, for our podcast today. Well, let me field you this question that we have from um, a woman. She writes, I'm 35 and have lots of symptoms of hypothyroidism. I've gained 25 pounds in the last three years, despite exercising and eating less. I'm always wearing a sweater, even in the summertime. My feet and hands are cold. My hair is falling out. My nails are brittle and I'm so tired by three o'clock every day. I fall asleep every day after dinner and don't have enough energy to be the wife and mom I want to be. My gut is also a mess. I get bloated after eating and am constipated. My mom and older sister have hypothyroidism, but my doctor says my labs look fine. How can this be? Can the TSH be wrong? I've heard that it might not be reliable. What can I do to feel better? Please help. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you, first of all, for that question. And as you can see, that's many questions within within just one concern. So first of all, I want to say to this person and anyone who might identify with that, you're not alone. I, this scenario is so common. I see hypothyroidism in my practice every week. It's actually probably my number one clinical diagnosis, even though I never set out for that to be the case. It's just so common. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately women that have hypothyroidism, oftentimes they don't feel better with the standard conventional approach to hypothyroidism, which is simply to treat with a synthetic T4, the inactive thyroid hormone. And unfortunately, many of them don't feel better. And so they're you know, looking for other options. And I see a lot of people with this problem in my clinical practice. So number one, you're not alone. It's very, very common. My heart goes out to you. I know it's, it's such a you know terrible disease process that does affect your whole 
being, your quality of life, everything from you know metabolism to bowel function, your brain, your mood, and that spills over into your relationships and your productivity in life and just sense of well-being and joy and quality of life. So it is a very, very um, important topic, and I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite types of patients to treat because, number one, I often can help very significantly someone feel better with just some in my opinion, minor <laughs> interventions in terms of tweaking medication regimen and uh, discovering what might be underlying it, you know, the root causes. And so it's fun to see women feel better. And I, I keep yeah. mentioning women, <laughs> um, of course, men can suffer with hypothyroidism as well. It's just 10 times more common in women. So wow. the majority of the people in my practice with hypothyroidism are women, but I have a handful of male patients with hypothyroidism as well. So I don't want to leave you out. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was saying, it, it's, it's actually a delight to treat in many cases, because once you get it right, lots of things improve. You can have more energy and your brain comes back online and anxiety and depression can lift and weight can come off easily in some cases. That's, that's not always the case. Certainly hypothyroidism is a, can be a chronic illness and it can uh, cause uh, difficulties long-term that can't necessarily be resolved, but many times <laughs> that it is the case that we can improve things significantly. So actually one of the highlights of treating hypothyroidism in women is that often because of the impact it has on just whole body health, hormone balance, it affects their fertility. And so I've had at least a half a dozen women that I know of in my practice actually become pregnant and be able to conceive and, and have a healthy pregnancy after struggling with infertility. And I That's attribute fantastic. that to, yeah, to addressing the autoimmunity piece mm -hmm. of the Hashimoto's, which is the most common cause of underactive thyroid. So that's of course, you know, one of the most fun <laughs> outcomes that we can have in a clinical practice is to help a couple have a, a healthy baby. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to uh, go back to this uh, patient question case and just step back a little bit and talk about the big picture of hypothyroidism. As I've mentioned, it's much more common in women, actually 10 times more common in women than men. And that goes for many autoimmune conditions. There's a lot of reasons for that. We won't delve into that right now. So basics here, the thyroid gland is a butterfly shaped organ that sits at the base of the front of your neck. And when it's healthy, you don't, you don't really notice it. It's, uh, it's just there doing its thing, helping to run your metabolism. But when it's diseased, you might notice that there's some fullness there at, at the lower part of the front of your neck. 
uh, or even some nodularity, some, some lumps can form if you have a, a goiter with nodules in it. So it's, it's not always enlarged when there's hypothyroidism, or at least to the, to the degree that we can detect it on physical exam or just by appearance. Sometimes we do an ultrasound and we can see that there's an enlargement there. And the thyroid, basically what it does is take iodine and converts it into our thyroid hormones, T4, which is thyroxin, that's the inactive form of thyroid. And then the body converts that into T3, which is triiodothyronine mm -hmm. or the active form of uh, thyroid hormone. So of course, today we're talking about hypothyroidism, but there's other things that can go wrong with the thyroid. On the other end of the spectrum, there's hyperthyroidism, which can have some overlap with hypothyroidism. Um, you know, traditionally we think of hyperthyroid patients as losing weight, feeling super anxious and tremulous and having a voracious appetite and you know, eating a lot and then still losing weight, anxiety, panic, hot flushes, heat intolerance, diarrhea. However, uh, sometimes we can see that in hypothyroidism as well, because the thyroid is kind of doing this up and down sort of sputtering when there's uh, dysfunction going on. So there can be some overlap with the hypo and hyperthyroid symptoms. Of course, there can just be an enlargement of the thyroid, which is known as a goiter. And, and then there's also a potential for cancer to form in the thyroid gland. That's it's pretty rare. And in most cases, it's fairly treatable. It's one of the quote, better cancers to have, but sometimes it can be very aggressive. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, so those, that's kind of the spectrum of things that can go wrong with the thyroid, low thyroid, high thyroid, goiter, and thyroid cancer. And we know that many times, uh, there's probably, I've read estimates of 60% of people with thyroid disease don't actually know that they have it. Wow. And so it's that's pretty staggering. Yep. It's under recognized. And that's part of why I'd like to, you know, just highlight this today, just to help people understand, connect the dots between symptoms they might be having that they're struggling with in their health. And they might not know that the thyroid could be a part of that mm -hmm. picture. That's part of our goal today. And I wanted to highlight what what does the thyroid do? <laughs> we, we know that it takes iodine, it makes the thyroid hormones, and then that those hormones go all throughout our body through the bloodstream and interact with our cells in the tissues uh, through uh, actually coming into the cell and causing changes in the DNA, the genetic material of the cell and giving us instructions to run our body run our metabolism. So that's why the symptoms are so myriad in terms of hypothyroidism. You can have a, a impact on the heart. We can see a, a low heart rate in hypothyroidism, a high heart rate in hyperthyroidism. It affects our body temperature regulation system through the brain. It has an impact on our muscle strength and 
uh, cholesterol levels. It affects our menstrual cycle, our gut function, our weight, metabolism, brain function. So just about every system you can think of thyroid imbalance can impact. So I wanted to just um, share with you 10, kind of the top 10, I, I made a list of them, uh, top 10 symptoms that can be a sign that you might have an underactive thyroid. And what, what would you say as a lay person, Brooke, what do you think of when someone uh, talks about low thyroid? Um, well, no, well, I have, my mom has had thyroid cancer and my husband deals with this. So, um, so, you know, more than average, yeah, yeah. Just from just personal Mm -hmm. close family connection. But I think the most common thing prior to, you know, having those experiences was just, um, typically the, the weight gain, having, Mm -hmm. having difficulty losing weight or just feeling like, just, just gaining weight out of control or, you know, inability to lose weight and, or just carrying the extra weight that, that was always the thing that was in my mind, which, you know, again, was not the case for my mom at all. And so, um, but yes, prior to that, uh, I would say that would be the, the first thing that would come to mind when thinking about low, um, you know, low thyroid activity is the relation to the metabolism specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that I put that as number one, because that is (laughs) actually the most common symptom that people connect to hypothyroidism. I know certainly during my medical school training, I was taught by my professors that hypothyroidism was a sort of a rare cause of obesity. And, Mm. and there was sort of this attitude of, well, people, they just want to find a thyroid condition. So they have something to blame it on. It was Uh, really a kind of a terrible (laughs) attitude, I think. And, and since that time I've realized there's all sorts of shortcomings to the conventional approach to both diagnosis of Mm -hmm. hypothyroidism and the actual treatment and it is incredibly common to have low thyroid as a cause of difficulty losing weight or abnormal weight gain. See it in my practice every week, um, women complaining about, you know, they're doing everything right. They're eating a nutritious, healthy diet. They've cut out sugar and processed foods. They're exercising regularly and they're still gaining weight. So that's of course, very, very frustrating. Yeah. And that is the number one sign on my list here, uh, is gaining weight despite a healthy diet and regular exercise. And, you know, sometimes the weight can come on really rapidly within, you know, a month or two, you can gain 10, 20 or more pounds pretty rapidly, depending on what's going on with the thyroid. And number two on my list is the cold intolerance. And that's, uh, you know, it can be varying degrees of cold intolerance. I, I literally have patients that come and tell me they, they wear their sweater all the time, even in July and their hands and feet are cold all the time. They're having to wear socks to bed and 
their husbands are complaining about their cold feet (laughs) (laughs) on them at night. Um, And, and this is cold intolerance that's uncharacteristic or, or doesn't apply to the environment. Of course, if it's winter time and you're wearing a sweater, that's no big deal, but that would be number two. Number three is fatigue. And of course, there's a lot of things that cause us to be tired and to have fatigue, especially in our modern hectic lifestyle. There's, you know, sleep deprivation and the standard American diet, stress, and other medical causes. So of course, we don't want to just blame fatigue on hypothyroidism without addressing all the other possible causes as well. But it is a huge huge, uh, symptom of low thyroid is to just not have the energy to do what you need to do, feeling sleepy, uh, especially in the early afternoon, late afternoon, I get that concern uh, that our patient wrote in about Mm -hmm. falling asleep right after dinner or just, you know, barely being able to put dinner on the table and, and then going, or sometimes even falling asleep on the couch beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, getting up, taking care of dinner, and then going straight to bed afterwards. And, uh, and you know, as well as I do as a mom, that that is not acceptable because right. there's a lot of little people right. <laughs> to, us to, yes. to do what we need to do in terms of homework and housework and uh, building and laundry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this goes on. So we want to definitely identify if any of the fatigue is related to thyroid so we can address it. That's right. Number four is mood and brain changes. So as I mentioned, the, the classic mood change with underactive thyroid is depression, just mm. kind of feeling down Uh, It can actually be a trigger for full-blown clinical depression, but, you know, irritability, low mood, just feeling down in the dumps can be from feeling poorly. Just overall, you can imagine if you have all these symptoms going on in every system of your body, you're, it's kind of depressing. Yeah. So but we can also see anxiety be a significant part of thyroid dysfunction, anxiety, even panic attacks, particularly the, the overactive uh, phase of hyperthyroidism, but you can, and that can be linked to underactive thyroid as well. Uh, brain fog and memory loss are also common in women with underactive thyroid. Mm. And we tend to blame it on other things, on sleep deprivation, on stress, uh, just being overwhelmed. But when you're not, when your metabolism is not running well, then it can also impact your brain. Mm-hmm. And number five is one of the complaints I hear often in my clinical practice from women is that you know their hair is falling out their skin's dry, their nails are brittle. And of course that's very distressing, especially for women. We mm-hmm. want our hair to be full and <laughs> intact. And it's quite alarming to yes. see, you know, a big wad of hair coming out in the shower and, and um, 
you know, it, it's a really big deal in terms of people's psychological, emotional well-being. It's, it's distressing to have that happen. Um, number six is elevated cholesterol. And this is one, this is a symptom of underactive thyroid that's pretty under-recognized. Mm. People are often surprised when, um, you know, we do some routine blood work and all of a sudden their cholesterol has been normal for years. And all of a sudden it hops up to the high two hundreds for the total cholesterol and the LDLs up at 160. And we see they have some borderline thyroid issues going on. And when we address that, it comes right down. So it, there's a very direct link between elevated cholesterol and underactive thyroid. So that's an important consideration. Uh, clues that you might have some thyroid issues going on. Of course, there's other reasons, <laughs> dietary and genetic. So it, it takes some detective work. Um, we mentioned that uh, the thyroid can impact the heart. So number seven, uh, a clue is a slow heart rate. So a normal heart rate is between 60 and 100. Well, that's the normal range. <laughs> uh, most people, you know, a resting heart rate should be kind of on the lower end if you're mm -hmm. fit and, and not uh, having any kind of distress. But if the heart rate is low and someone's not very fit, particularly if it's in the 40s or 50s or even 60s and, and someone's, you know, obese and not active, that can be a clue that there might be some hypothyroidism going on to explain mm -hmm. the slow heart rate. Of course, if you're super athletic, we have, we have, uh, the athletic heart can ha naturally have a, a low heart rate. So that does take some teasing out. Uh, number eight is GI disturbance. And the classic symptom in the gut for hypothyroidism is constipation. Mm, I didn't, had no idea. Th yeah. Thyroid hormone keeps everything moving. It, mm. it helps our body with peristalsis. That's the kind of automatic activity, just the gut sweeping forward to move the digestive process along and uh, advance the stool. Uh, for elimination. And so constipation is frequently a sign that the thyroid's not optimally controlled. Once again, there's other causes for constipation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other gut disturbance that might be related to low thyroid is bloating uh, related to SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or emo intestinal methanogen overgrowth. These are bacteria that can overgrow in the intestines and uh, cause uh, slowing down of the bowel motility and hypothyroidism is a setup for SIBO. So they commonly occur together and uh, that can be a sign. So it's, it's way beyond just weight gain, <laughs> mm -hmm. as you can see through this list. Uh, number nine, we talked about the impact of thyroid hormone on our muscles. So when there's not enough thyroid hormone circulating in our bloodstream, we can have muscle weakness and, and just sort of achiness in the muscles and sort of make you feel like you're prematurely aging. Yeah. So people who might say, I just feel like old 
woman or old yes. man and they're <laughs> exactly. not in that age range yet. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And so number 10 is the most obvious sign of a difficulty with your thyroid gland is some sort of structural issue here in the lower anterior neck. And that can be an enlargement. Um, so just seeing fullness or sort of an asymmetry in the lower part of the front of your neck that uh, can be related to a goiter. People with hypothyroidism can often have trouble swallowing or hoarseness that's related to the the thyroid gland being uh, hypertrophied. Mm. So those are the top 10 signs that you may have a low thyroid. Of course, there's many, many more. I just wanted to great that uh, you're sharing this in in light of that 60% of people who have this condition don't realize it. So uh, having 10, 10 signs to consider and evaluate is going to be helpful for many people. Yeah. And I, I fall into that trap of thinking, well, everybody knows this. because it's just such a part of my everyday life and world. And Mm -hmm. that, you know, turns out not to be the case. And so I'm just happy to be able to educate. And well, friends, we have gone uh, just about a half an hour here and we're going to wrap up this, we'll call it part one of our hypothyroidism Q&A. And I encourage you to tune in next week. We'll continue our conversation around this patient case. We're going to delve into a little bit more about the laboratory assessment to find nuanced uh, evidence for hypothyroidism, where there's a borderline case that the TSH doesn't detect. We'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about the holistic lifestyle medicine approach for healing hypothyroidism and optimizing health in general. I am so glad that you're here. Go out and do that one thing that brings you joy today. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast, where we explore the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. We invite you to take your learning deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter and receive free weekly Joy Prescription devotionals. Bye for now.